moral support. And and in other countries, you get that you get a feeling that governments want you. You they recognise that the small business startups are the lifeblood, and they and they support it. And here, you get the impression that actually. Welcome to Startup West, the podcast about startups who have been there and done it or are right here and doing it in sunny Western Australia. My name's Charlie Gunningham. And I'm Danelle Cross. And thank you, everyone, who has subscribed to our podcast. Our numbers are going up and up, Charlie. So that's fantastic. So if you've just discovered us, Startup West, please subscribe. Yes, please do that. And here we go with a fresh episode with startup mentor and founder Nick Saunders, who's had a fascinating career in startups all over the world. But he's back here now in Perth, having launched OPAX and also is working as chair and CEO of Grow Impact. So on this podcast, you get two startups for the price of one. Hi, Nick, and welcome to Startup West. Hi. Thank you for having me here. It's Fantastic to have you here. So we're going to start with OPAX first. So can you briefly tell us about it and how long it's been going, where you're at with it? Sure. Um, the easiest way to describe OPAX is that we take freely available listed mining company information, repackage it and sell it back to mining companies. Right. So it's kind of a Clever. nice business model. It is. <laughs> it's nice. it is. So an online media business in a way. It, it is an online yeah. media business. So it's all about um, packaging data in a way that companies and investors and so on can use it. Um, so, you know, stress here that you can get this information freely if you want, but it's going to take you hours and hours of searching. We just put oh, it all in all one place. place all over the place. We can cover the whole world. Right. So, wow. if you want to know what's happening in, you know, Turkmenistan or Croatia mm. or whatever, we've got data on that and right. you can get it easily for a little subscription. Mm. And where did the idea come from? Mm. So this is, I can't claim to have this idea myself. Um, I, I ran into some some geologists who have a consulting company and they had a database and they had been doing this for a while and they were saying, I don't know what to do with it. And I said, well, why don't I come on board and we can we can monetize this, turn it into a business. So rather than just a little uh, sideline for them, why don't we turn it into a business? And so that was back in 2019, May, and we launched, Got a, we branded it, got a, right. a, a domain name, we branded it and we launched. And since then... To be fair, it's just been developing more and more and more. So mm-hmm. it's and this is about um, more data, um, better ways of accessing it, slicing and dicing, so that you know users can really narrow down into. Mm-hmm. I want to find that one company in Serbia that's got a really interesting gold deposit. Uh-huh. Mm. So, and the name OPAX, does that mean open access exchange? Does that stand for anything? It'd be nice. <laughs> no? Or is that just a you know what this is, this made is, up name? This is a completely made up name. The right. dot com is available. <laughs> All right. Very good. All right. <laughs> so, Very technical. But actually in Greek, it means transparency. Oh, the oh, only language it means something in. All right. So it kind of fits, but that was complete Did bullshit, right? That? We just got it there. <laughs> yeah, Did you, you find that, that out later? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> the Greek said, <laughs> person said, you know what OPEX is? <laughs> I would love to claim you know, <laughs> some sort of brainwave for that, but no. Just, claim it. I think we you just, should claim that. We just play with numbers. Maybe we can record this bit again and you say, you know, it actually means it's Greek for transparency. And I'd go, oh, that's brilliant. Fantastic. Amazing. Okay, go on. And how's it going? Yeah. How's it going? Uh, um, oh, it's good. A I year think, in. A year in. I think it's two years in. Two, two years, years in, in, yeah. Oh. I, I, it's, it's good. I mean, it's um, we have a huge amount of data. If I said we had 40,000 announcements, we've got you know well over 3 million data points out of that. It's a hmm. huge wow. business in that respect. And, um, and and it's good. My my big issue really is just getting more people to know about it. So right. um, we used to do a lot through conferences. Right. Perth was a home of mining conferences, sure. yeah. so my partners would be there, they'd be spreading the word, and I would get lots of leads out of those conferences. And that's kind of stopped in the last year. Of course. Yeah. And it hasn't been replaced with enough that we do online advertising, as you'd expect, but it, mm. it's not the same thing. 
Yeah. So subscription service media, I've run one of those. Yeah. They, can, they can be, it's a slow haul, but once you get people on, Action. right, it's but, like a very yeah. nice drip, drip income. That, that has been growing. our experience. And once people get there and, and you know, we, we give them a weekly review of the industry. So we round up, you know, what's happened for that week in the world. And we just package it up and put them out in a nice little you know, PDF, 10-page report they can look at. People want that. Mm. So once right. they get on, they do stay, Charlie. I, mm. I agree with you. But getting them on. Right, you know, you know what it's like. You've just got to, you just got to keep. It's, it's, it's a war of attrition. Yeah. So, so. do you have a news team that puts that together? No. It all um, it's mostly data. It's, so it's quite technical. Right. So it's not stories. I mean, there are plenty of journals out there writing stories. We, we're doing the data behind it. So uh-huh. you know, the top ten intercepts last week range from you know a mine in Chile um, through to something in Western Australia. Um, and another one in Canada. So we and, and we have a little formula that allows us to compare gold and copper with nickel and iron ore in terms of drilling. And we you, you do a little calculation, compare it, and mm. that allows you to rank drilling results worldwide. It's a bit of fun. It's oh, not wow. you wouldn't want to bet your house on that, but mm. amazing. That's what people like. Mm. They love to see that, and particularly the mining companies who go, you know. Oh, great, we're number one this week. Mm. You know? And that means because uh, what they then do is go out to their shareholders and go, see, we actually rank pretty well. You did the right thing putting money into our company. Oh, and by right. the way, we're raising, so <laughs> you want to be yeah. smart. That's what it's about. Really, and that's what it's about. Good promotion for you in the in the same, in the same process. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And, and that's I think that yeah, as a mark of how valuable we are, um, as a company, um, Australian company that was floated in Canada just got a copper deposit in New South Wales and wanted to dual list. So they came to us for data and then, you know, for their prospectus. And then we were splashed on that prospectus mm. as being data provided by. So it's it's a really good indication of how valuable we are. Uh, mm. And I just need to get more people to, to know about that. And with 750 mining companies in WA, you're probably about the best city <laughs> in the world this to is, do this. This is the place to do it. Yeah, and it most is. of your customers would be mining companies and listed mining companies. They're That's who you're mostly to get. junior miners, junior yeah. miners, and, right. and and individuals. So, so, so you have a lot of coffees in West Perth. Yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, right. and and lots of offers to um, do the the inevitable reverse takeovers and you know, oh no, the backdoor listings. No. Let's not go there. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> so we bootstrap that, and and I don't really. I'm not looking for funding for OPEX. You know, we 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 move along. We we generate enough income to cover most of our costs and. Mm. Um, Sounds like quite a service. lean operation. Mm. Once you got the data, so presumably you'd have to pay for some of that. No, no, no. All right, you're just aggregating it. Yep. Time to aggregate, yep. yeah, and then putting it in and one and place, making it convenient. Yeah. Absolutely, and we're doing a lot of machine learning uh, and natural language processing work. So actually, mm. more and more of this stuff we're scraping and um, classifying and extracting. So there's still a human component, but uh, less. So less it's safer. a bit like Rob Nathan's Australian tenders. That he is, you know, again, would make a joke like you did at the beginning. Yeah, I think all this information is free, but yeah. it's out there. We just put it in one place. Yeah. So all it's the tenders hot. in one place. Mm. Yeah. You've got all the mining data Correct. in one place. Uh, absolutely. And that, right. and, that, and that is actually the whole uh, resin debt of, of OPEX. It is mining data in one place, easily accessible. We slice and dice it. We help you slice and dice it. You know, it's a filter-driven site. So if you go on, you, you really can find Adriatica, who's got a great prospect, a gold prospect in, mm. in um, Serbia. And you can find them really with a couple of clicks. And uh-huh. You'll get that. Mm. And then you can look at what Adriatic are doing. They're, they're a West Perth listed company. Right. Um, but they're operating in Serbia. So, um, you know, so you can actually find that really well. And can you share the, the what does it cost to subscribe? If someone's listening uh, to this. It's, it's a range. Um, right. The most popular range is $50 a month. And right. that gives you, you know, a weekly newsletter. It gives you access to all of the data, but 
we limit how much you can download. Mm-hmm. If you're serious about it, if you're a junior minor, um, you're serious about it, you'd be paying 100 or 300 a month, depending on the quantity of data. still pretty small. Mm. It is. Mm. It's tiny. Isn't it? It's tiny. Mm. And that's why I need lots of people. Um, right. Yeah. Volume game. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then, of course, we do bespoke research. So the guy right. who's sure, dual sure. listing in Australia, that's not a subscription. That's come to me and we tailor the data. And then that's a, you know, that's a Is it competitive? Yeah. Are there other people trying mm. to do this? Mm. At the moment, not really. And is it competitive? Well, our biggest competitor is S&P. Um, but, yeah. you know, licenses for their service start at, you know, 30 grand to see. Right. Depending on what you can negotiate. I mean, you get a bigger coverage, but they don't tend to do the junior minors. So, um, you know, I think most of the big analysts would would use them because no one got fired for buying IBM. But um, mm-hmm. when they know about us, then they use us as a backup. Right. And it's a fraction of the price. Okay, so that's OPAX. Mm. Grow Impact. Grow Impact. So Grow Impact is a, is a completely different business. Yeah. This is a SaaS platform that is um, aimed at researchers, initially medical researchers, mm-hmm. and helps them show how they spend money. So medical research is funded by government grants or philanthropic donations. Right. And you know, you apply for a grant, a year later you get it, and then you, you do some research, you spend the money, and then you do it again. And no one really knows kind of what you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, people these days are saying, we're still happy to give money, but we would like to know a little bit about what you do with it. So there's a, there's a lot of pressure on researchers to be able to prove it. And, mm. and this is a, a product that helps you collect the information and then resurface it in a way that you can tell a story. Okay. You know? And this was a company that was going through last year's Plus 8 program. It's actually Tobias, come out of, yeah, Tobias, mm. um, Tobias Shop. Was uh, was the founder? He's, yeah. He was actually at Telethon Kids. So the the history yeah. of this is right. it's a Telethon Kids development. They had an internal need for this, and he set it up and, and sort of built it there slowly, slowly. And it's in use. It's been in use at Telethon Kids for four years. Okay, and that's great. But um, last year they decided that they could reach a bigger market, and the only way to do that was to spin it out. Mm. So they spun it out, right. formed a separate company, went through the program, and and I was a mentor on Plus Eight, and I got matched with them. And it's great. I love it. I think it's a fantastic mm. business. It's, it's really niche, mm. um, but it's there's a real need here. Mm. Um, so you know, if you if you sub, you know watch the Telethon TV and you you buy you know, put your money in, a portion of that goes to Telethon Kids, right? Right. And you have no idea hmm, where does it go. You'd be happy to give right. the money, but it mm. might be nice if you knew. So Telethon's got this great report which is produced using the software. Right. And it says oh. we got this much money. We did this much things. This is the impact. This is this the is impact. The impact. Absolutely. And so it's people who give grants or donations. It's they're the customer for Grow Impact. Is they it? they will be the customer. They're the, they're the ultimate customer for us. Um, the low hanging fruit is the researchers mm. who are saying um, we need to prove our worth. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. To the people who give us grants, so we can get future grants. I must have explained that really well because you guys uh, got it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, and have, have you expanded so it's it's still medical based? Uh, that's customers? our first market that's because first... that's that's a big slice here. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, so Telethon Kids have, what, 900 researchers and, mm. I don't know, 80, 100 million of funding or whatever. So, you know, that's quite a big market here for, for, for money, although that's one customer for us, of course. Mm. So it's it's that's our focus. Um, we've spent we, – we spun out in September at the end of the program, at the accelerator program. Yeah. Um, we've spent uh, – we've hired a CTO. We've been building our first commercial version that mm-hmm. launches next week. We have our first customer to, who will join on July 1. You're like a super mentor. Fantastic. I've never heard of a mentor become the chairman and CEO of the company they're mentoring. 
No, it's fantastic. <laughs> well, <laughs> talk about a successful outcome well, of mentorship <laughs> on a program. Well, uh, well that, is, that is an ultimate outcome, isn't it? Absolutely. Really? I mean, Amazing. I, I think it's great, but we got on well. Yeah. Um, you know, Tobias is, is, is an academic researcher, so he's right. very, he knows the problem, right? Mm-hmm. And I, it, I'm not- With know, great not hair being, as well. He's got great yeah, hair. He's great. You know, great but, um, but you need someone, <laughs> I hope that's me, who's got a little bit of business acumen who can, who can take, you know, channel the, mm. the energy and enthusiasm for research and into a commercial product. So that's what I do. Very good. good. Very good. So OPAX, you didn't need to raise money. You've bootstrapped no. it. Uh, Grow Impact the same? Uh, it, it's come out of telethon, so well, it had, it had a, 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 a fun today. But no, we're fundraising right now, in fact. And uh, plus eight presumably put in 50 grand or so. Absolutely, yeah. Yep. The, the usual accelerated program. Um, yeah. And that's great, but we do, you know, this is a relatively costly exercise. You've got to get it right. You, you can't launch You can't launch half a service. Mm. You know, mm. The good thing about OPAX is you can launch a service yeah. and then develop and then it build. as you go along. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You can develop as you go along because, you know, people are just see a new thing and go, it's great. But with Grow Impact, it's it's all or nothing, really. Mm. You, you, right. If you put your data in as a researcher, you want to get it out again. Yes. Because right. there's, there's a lot of cost to that. So. Yeah. And so the raise, can you share what the raise is? So how, how we're, we're raising half a million right. at a four mil valuation. Okay. Um, pre-money. So cool. so hopefully in WA get some investors for that. Mm. It'd be or nice around Australia. It? It mm. would, um, WA to start with. But of course, well, mm. we know the WA startup scene. Um, mm-hmm. I think we're a little bit special in that. Yeah. Okay. Every one of my startups always says we're special. But mm-hmm. in this case, we're a little bit niche and there is a need. Um, yeah. So let's hope. And then what would that allow you to do? That that allows us to build out the products. Um, we, we've got a spec. We know what we need to do. It allows us to build it out and, and really allows us to attack the Australian market and get, get you know, as many customers, customers as we can. So, yeah. you know, just to give you an idea of the size, $34 billion is the amount spent on research in general in Australia. So mm. that's right. that's the money invested into research. That's, that's research of everything, right? Mm-hmm. Medical research is about $7 mm. billion. Right. So it, this is a big market. Mm. Uh, and, you know, there are 100 um, universities and institutions. Um, there's about 70,000 people involved in research in Australia. So right. these are big numbers. And, and all of these people are looking for grant money. They're looking to prove that they're doing something. Yep. They're really looking to show that they're making a difference. They're getting closer to that elusive cure for, for AIDS or Delivering breast impact. cancer or, yeah. or, mm. or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And of so. the $7 billion, presumably quite a bit of that's from government. It is. Then yeah. The rest would be what philanthropy, pretty much donations, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, family offices, and they all need to justify the money, so and that's what you're providing. Do. I think they're yeah, and and the the family offices are hopefully happy to go on, but mm. um, but they're starting to say, well, you know, we we're not sure, we're not quite sure what we're funding here, and, and unfortunately, um, and I'm not talking out of turn here. If you speak to a researcher, they would have said, you know, five years ago, that's oh, easy. We, we, we got a grant. We'd already spent half the money and done half the research, so we used it for something else, and it was a game. And I've spoken to lots of researchers who, right. who, who admit there was a game. Mm-hmm. And funders are now saying, well, I'm happy to fund you, as I said, but show us. We need some analytics. Are we actually getting there? Yeah. And also, let, let, let's be fair, medical research is, is, is a 5, 10, 15-year exactly. journey. Yeah, yeah. Right. And you need to, you know, if you're putting in 50,000 or 100,000, half a million now, you're not actually – you know, you're not there at the end game, maybe, but mm. you are vital. And it would be nice to know that your money your milestones, yeah, did actually absolutely. do something, allowed mm. the team to get to the next step. So mm. that's what Grow Impact is all about. Really. Yeah. So you've got mm. two startups that are sort of, in, in a way, different 
because one is organic growth, MVP, build it as you go from customer revenue, pretty lean. The other one, no less a small or big idea, but a different way of funding it, mm. going after a $7 billion market. Um, difficult question. Which do you prefer? <laughs> they have two very oh, different oh. approaches to doing startups. <laughs> they are. Um, the 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 cut and thrust of of fundraising of of selling and, and is right. is exciting. Okay, mm -hmm. it's it's tedious and 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 it's it's hard and and so on. But it's kind of exciting. It's at the edge. Mm -hmm. Building a business that just grows is um, it, it's it's good. It's what you it's where you want to get to. Right? I've done that before, and it's nice mm -hmm. to have a company that is is a company and, mm -hmm. and is mm -hmm. continuing to grow as a company without having to um, maybe consume every waking moment and think, God, if I don't get money today. I turn off the lights tomorrow. <laughs> you know? Right, so, right, right, right. So, um, yeah. You like a mouse. You, you can't choose his favourite child. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you can't choose much. your favourite child. Impossible question to ask. It so. is, it is. Hi, just jumping in here to give a shout out to our wonderful sponsors. Without these, we would not be able to bring you this podcast or do what we do at Startup News either. So, we want to thank Startup News, who produced the Startup West podcast. Go there and subscribe, please. Spacecube Coworking Spaces, where we also record this pod down here at Riff in the city. The New Industries Fund, who give funding, advice, and support all year round. Curtin University, who have been a long-time supporter of innovation entrepreneurs in WA. The City of Perth, where we also record this pod, also a great supporter of the tech scene. RSM, who came on board last year, and who helped many startups with R&D tax returns and other advice. Dinner Twist, a WA startup itself, who has actually been on the podcast and just wanted to help out. So please, if you bump into any of these organizations and the people that run them, say thanks and go use their services. That's the best way to say thanks. Okay, now back to the show. Two quite different startups, as Charlie's just said. What's your background, Nick? I'd love to know more about your background that got you here. Yeah, okay. So um, uh, grew up in Perth, mm. um, went to high school here, went to UWA, got myself a Bachelor of Science in um, Pharmacology and Chemistry. Hmm. And then, um, so this is many years ago, and uh, not a lot of jobs in pharmacology. That was my love, actually. I, I was really into... I was really into drugs at university, as <laughs> in a good way, in a good way, um, and, and, and yeah, I, I really fancied a career in in, in radical research. That's mm. what I wanted to do, but in Perth, right? Yeah, not much hasn't changed. But I'd like to go back before that at school. So mm. you're into sciences. Mm. You're a bit nerdy. I don't think I was a nerd. No, um, <laughs> I but I did do most of the sciences okay. that I could. Um, Which suburb? Where were you? I was in Rossmoyne. So I was at Rossmoyne High School, right? Which is a really good school, mm. um, and you know. I was uh, long-haired, had an earring, you know. Hey, it was the 70s. It was the 70s. Yeah. Know, what are you going to do? <laughs> right. And did you have an idea what you were going to be? Um, I don't think what I did. What are you going to do when you grow uh, up? Nick? Do you know, I don't, I don't remember that. I always no. remember liking science and I, and I, I knew I was going to do chemistry. That's what I, that's what I uh -huh. thought I, I liked. Why? I don't know. My grandfather was a chemist for an international company, ended up being on the board of directors as a technical guy. And mm. maybe there's a link there, you know, mm. although... He, he, they, we weren't that close. He was in England, so I mean, get it every day. I don't know. Mm. Um, my dad's an engineer, right? Um, so there's there's a strong science mm. engineering focus mm. in our family, but there was no pressure whatsoever to do anything. I think in those days you just went, oh, university. And don't forget, in those days, not a lot of people went to university. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. You know, we were quite. Um, looking back on it, actually, we were quite lucky. Mm. You know. Education was free. It was yeah. just made free mm -hmm. um, in the 70s, which was great because I got three brothers and that would have been, you know, a big mm -hmm. burden, but we all got a free education. Mm. 
So, you know, that's... And after uni? What? So after uni, um, as I say, no jobs in pharmaceuticals. So mm. got a job with uh, a mining company. So actually do, do have a mining This company. is when, all coming together. What you doing, Pat? <laughs> yes, it is. And this was days before Fly In, Fly Out. So two years in Laverton. I was a production chemist mm. uh, for, for a working gold mine. Um, so that was kind of fun, but always knew I was going to do something else. Um, that was always um, a stopgap. There's a means to an end. You got well paid. Um, right. Everything was catered for, so it was just money in the bank. And then after two years, I just quit and bought a one-way ticket to London. Because you have an English accent, so I presume you were there for some time. Um, well, I went for two years, as you do. Thought, you know, holiday. And I did that, bought a car, traveled Europe, then thought in America next stop. Jagged a job. 25 years later. Ah, wow. there you go. <laughs> That's my British accent. <laughs> right. Got it. Wow. Doing what in England? Yeah. Um, I got really lucky. Got um, I met somebody, applied for a job as a, as a chemist in a, in a lab for a pharmaceutical company. And the guy said, nah, you're not for that, but I need a production manager. Um, are you interested? So I'm 23. And he said, wow. um, do you want to run my production? And I went, how Why difficult not? can that be? Yeah. And hmm. uh, so that was com that was real serendipitous, I have to say. Mm -hmm. Right place, right time, did it. And turned out to be my forte. Brilliant. I'm, I'm, I turned out to be good at organizing things. And hmm. and and we just, we went from strength to strength. So it was a little tiny generic pharmaceutical company when I joined. The laws changed. We were lucky, but we turned it into the UK's largest. and now one of the part of the world's largest generic pharmaceutical company. And so I was oh. really instrumental. I was wow. seven years there as general manager. So what um, company was that? It was Norton Healthcare at the time. Right. It's now part of Tiva. So and where were they huge. based? They were based in East London. Right, okay. So a small company. So that's the 80s now? Are we into the 80s? This is the 80s, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, Mid-80s. And um, so that was a, that was a good a good break. Mm. But, um, you know, there's, there's always something else to do. So you know, at the time, um, I had a good time and I thought, you know, time to move on. So mm. chucked it in and put a rucksack on my back and one-way ticket to South America. And wow. uh, spent a year... Hitchhiking, busing, training, you know, every Trekking. country, learn some mm. Spanish. Um, and, uh, and and then, you know, after a year, um, decided I'll go back to the UK and arrived right in the middle of a bit of a downturn. Uh, so yeah, then you do then you do lots of different things. So um, I ended up, um, after many bits of consulting and, and other bits of uh, freebie stuff, I ended up working for SGS um, and, and I ended up implementing a scheme for the Russian government. So there's... There's a, a twist. I ended okay. up implementing a, a testing and inspection certification system for the Russian government who were worried about the flood of, you know, Western substandard goods into the into oh, their wow. country after the border had come down. Wow, so, interesting. You know, so there's a complete change. So we're now into the 90s. So this is, uh, this right. is 1991, mm. yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like Wild West in Russia. So I did a lot of work uh, in Eastern Europe, um, which was all good fun. Right. So is that how you ended up in the Bulgarian startup scene? No, that's no. a long, no, we're a long way from there. We're a long way from there, Or Chile. All right. a long way from Chile as well. Still a long way from Chile. Oh, my goodness. So how, how much of this do you want? No, keep going. So I got an MBA. I, I decided I needed an MBA. So I went to right. Warwick Business School, got an MBA. That was just pure self-indulgent, but great fun. I think you've done an MBA, Charlie, mm, and you knew what yeah. it's like. It's great. I mean, it's, mm. it's the best thing you do in terms of education, and yeah. it's really stimulating. So yeah. did that. Um and ended up importing some wines and spirits uh, for a couple of years, a lot of Australian wine into London. Oh. Eventually ended up at the British Yellow Pages at a right. time when they were about to become a separate company. So I was lucky enough to, I joined as a, on the senior exec team, head of strategy. Um, 
say I've gone from pharmaceuticals to wines and spirits to head of strategy for a media company. Right. <laughs> and we floated the business um, uh, for about two billion pounds. Uh, I was part of that team, the IPO team, did a lot of writing, um, did a lot of prospective stuff, ended up working for investor relations after we floated. Right. Um, and now we get the call. I get a call from a lawyer one day who says, I'm in Bulgaria. And one of our clients is looking to set up a startup. We need someone to run it. Thought of you. Interested? Oh, well, that's really nice of you, Richard. Flew over at Easter and met the, met the guys. And they said, well, here's, here's some money mm. if you want the job. So I went back and quit. And uh, six wow. weeks later, you were I was in, in Bulgaria. Oh, I did tell my wife. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at some point. Place. You I now had married <laughs> and kids, right? <laughs> I did have a wife and children. Yeah. A French wife. And, Indeed. And well, Matt is lovely. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. So it was kind of like, um, oh, by the way. <laughs> right. We go to Bulgaria. Yeah. She was very, very supportive. And, and it, actually that feeds into, I think, one of the most important things about startups. So she, she said, look, um, great. You know, we're, we're living in London. We've got two young kids, probably not really enjoying London. This seems like a great opportunity. And most importantly, they had a French school. And my kids were at the French uh, school. And that was a, that was a clincher. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, we can go if they got a French school. They had one. So she said, let's, let's go. It. Let's do it. So what year are we up to now? It's 2006. So you're in, you're running a startup in Bulgaria. Yeah. That's just wild. <laughs> yeah. Having taken the yellow pages to an IPO and done the illustrations. Something like that. <laughs> oh my goodness, the imported wine. <laughs> but all these really interesting entrepreneurial uh, experiences for you, mm. yeah. bubbling up. Mm. What was the startup? What was that doing? Well, the startup, and how did that go? I, well, the startup actually started off as, as a as a Yellow Pages company because uh, Bulgaria was about so to join sense. the European Union, and under European Union law, they had to make a White Pages directory available. That was a requirement wow. to join uh, the EU. Okay. And if you're going to do that, then you might as well make some money out of it on Yellow Pages. So it started off as that, but um, Bulgaria being Bulgaria, actually, the telco never actually wanted to publish and spend money on that. So you know. They, they pull strings and got around it. So we we end up just becoming a media company. We uh -huh. So we have, we use the base, but we turned into an advertising and media company. So online, digital, went completely digital um, in 2009. Um, Probably that was smart by a weird way around, circuitous way around, because yellow, there was no future in yellow pages with Google. I, I, I knew I mean, that. That was going to be dead anyway. Well, it really was. I, I knew yeah. that. So it, it, you know, people looked at me and said, well, hang on, you're in strategy in the UK and you can see what's happening. Why would you? And I said, well, because we'll do something else. You right. know? And okay. this is, if someone's paying me to set up a business to do it, which is, allows me to build a, another business on the back of that, then mm. you know, that seemed like to me a smart move. So, so there's your you media know. coming through, your media, it's more online media experience. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. okay. Yeah. And how did that go? And then how did that end? And you well, ended that, up- That ended up, um, that went well until the GFC. We were doing well, really well. We, uh, we had about 5 million euros in sales over, th over four years. We had- um, you know, we had 450,000 monthly visitors to our site, which out of a population of uh, an addressable population of 2 million is, is okay. Mm -hmm. um, but the GFC came through and, and, and Bulgaria has really never recovered from that. It's, mm. right. It went from a very buoyant, you know, two and a half, three percent growth, a lot of FDI. Um, and then it's, it's struggled since then, mm. really. Right. But, uh, and, and, you know, our business kept going. The, my original backers hung in there, but eventually you know, they were under pressure. So I did a management buyout. Huh. Um, in 2014, and said, right, you know, you know, why don't you just wash your hands of it? We'll we'll, we'll pay for it. Um, I raised some money in in Bulgaria um, from us from a accelerator program, and um, so we still have that business. So mm. business is is still working. It employs okay. 25 right. people. Okay, um, we do mostly sales and advertising for local and international companies. 
Uh, and uh, look, it's, it's a nice little business. I'm really proud of that because mm. I employ, I've employed people now for 15 years, going on 15 years, which mm. is so a, still going. It's a really right. nice thing. To, that's, mm. you know, probably, you know, it's, it's just. And it's they've small. grown up and had families and all that. Uh, and, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, it's and, great. And isn't it? the, my, the second person I hired there to start my business is it's now still my there. partner and runs it. Oh, oh so fantastic. That's a, you know, that's a great. I think it's a great achievement yeah. for that. So. And Chile? How yeah. do you end up in Chile? And, you know, while I'm running Yellow Pages, which then became Golden Media, I'm, I'm bored, so I'm looking around for other startups. So of course I, you are. I started <laughs> up a company called Get Local, which was a Yelp clone. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And that wasn't available. It was, Yelp was just starting off, wasn't available in Eastern Europe. So we, we grew that into 26 countries, online only. Um, we had hundreds of thousands of reviews. We had hundreds of thousands of users, but we had no money. And, mm -hmm. and it turns out that um, Yelp's problem is no one pays. Why, mm. you know, uh, people write reviews and that's yeah. advertising. Why do you want to? Why do you want to pay? How do you mm. monetize that? Mm. Um, and we didn't. So I pivoted into loyalty and then took that to Chile and joined Startup Chile um, okay. uh, Accelerator Program, um, which was 2015. And that was kind of like I applied, got the job, bought a plane ticket, and and and, and sadly, sadly, this is true. I then said to my wife, "Oh." going to Chile. She went, well, of course you are. <laughs> and I went, well, I, actually, I am going to Chile. And um, why don't you come with me? And she went, yeah, right, what are we going to do with the kids? So, you right. know, I did go. Um, and she did come out and visit. Um, and I was there for a year. And I did bring my son out for a couple of months to work with me. But, um, right. yeah, interesting times. Okay. And then we said no. And then you end up in Perth. In Perth. Let's get back to Perth. And then and you, um, you told yeah. her first, I hope. So yes, about the move no, no, to we talked that over. And Good. While I'm in Chile, <laughs> the Brits do the worst thing in the world and vote for Brexit, mm. uh, which then yes. gives me a problem, right? Because I'm Australian, British, two passports. My wife is French. My kids mm. are fine, but we then end up not being able to live in any European country right. together. I, mean, I didn't apply for a French passport because why? You don't, and she didn't apply mm. for a British. Why would you bother? Mm. So. Right. So we it's could not have done as that. if the Brits are going to vote for Brexit. Surely not. No, no. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I was on a plane from Santiago back to um, to Europe for the summer. And I got on the plane going, oh, you know, the vote's now. Yeah, it's a slam dunk. What's it going to be? 65, 45, yeah, 35, whatever. And I got off and Valerie went, you're not going to believe this. I went, what, what, you've broken your legs? And she said, no, 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 worse than that. Look what they've done. Mm. You've got. To be kidding. So all of a sudden, you plans forty-eight really change. Yeah. You do, yeah. and I think we just made it. We we looked around pragmatically. I didn't need to be in Bulgaria. My business is running. I got a partner mm. that's running, uh, and you know where do you go? So we ended up. Um, we we said, well, why, why don't we come back? It's my hometown. She's never lived, been here, lots of times to visit. But mm. why don't we come here? Mm. Um, and that was and the children are. By now, if, well, my son had uh, my son had already finished school. He finished school the year we left, and he's he was very much fixed on going to Holland to study in Holland. So that was done a done deal. Okay, um, we because um, because that's what I do, right? So <laughs> it sounds callous, but we drove him to from Sofia to the Hague with all his gear. Had a road trip holiday. It was fun. We got outside the place where he was going to stay, and he got his gear out. And we said, "Do you want us to come?" In? He went, "No." We went. Bye. Wow. Uh, we're flying out to Perth in two weeks' time. Um, you're welcome to come and visit us anytime. <laughs> wow. And he went, all right, Dad. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> he's like 18. He's... He was just 18. He'd yeah. Like the week before. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so it's good for him. He loved it. He's done really Independence. well. Independence. Mm. Very yeah. 
So Resilience. Grow up straight away. Yeah. So you arrived in Perth how many years ago? Uh, three and a half. So, so half. September, October of uh, 17. And what? how would you describe the WA startup scene and what you arrived back into? Um, yeah, interesting. I, I think um, I, I made a few miscalculations. I mean, having grown up here and, and left it and, and, and what it was when I left in, in the 80s, you know, you knew, you knew what it was about. I thought we would have developed a little more than we have. And, and you know, being a little bit scathing, this mm-hmm. is the best place in the world to live, sure. lifestyle-wise. No questions. What, we're six in the world now? I mean, this, mm. this, is, yes. this is a livable city. But um, but for startups, it's it's not the same. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that you don't get the same um, sense of community. I mean, it's not, that's not a criticism of the startup community itself. They're trying hard, but it's not a lot of support. Right, and, and in lacking. other countries, you get that you get a feeling that governments want you. you they mm-hmm. recognise that the small business startups are the lifeblood, and they and they support it. And mm-hmm. Here, you get the impression that actually they don't care. You know, mm-hmm. really, what is how much money does the government, WA government, put into startups? Mm-hmm. It's paltry. Yeah, it's it's, it's musical. In Sofia, I, I I helped set up an accelerator um, back in 2012. So it never happened in, in Sofia before. This is a, this is the poorest country in Europe, right? It has 7 million people of which 5 million are pretty much unemployable. So there's a 2 million in the addressable market and their average take home salary is 600 euros a month. All right. So that's what? $800. This is the take home salary. Mm. So we got 12 million euros from the European government and set up an accelerator, funded about 120 companies, packet the tickets of about 50,000 upwards yep. and some of those guys are still going but it, what it did is it built a scene and, mm. and and then you get more now they're onto their second fund so you know there's about 40 million euros of funds in Bulgaria right now yeah for a population of 2 million terrific do the math mm. you know so you got that support and what I think we lack here is not for want of trying but we just don't yeah. seem to get that that overriding government support that says you know we recognize this and we're mm. going to help you or yeah. capital from the wealthy and the to-dos and the family offices, right? Yeah, for sure. There's lots of money in Perth. There's a stack there's of money. A tremendous in Perth. amount. Yeah. There's just too many distractions. I mean, life is easy here. I think you, <laughs> I mean, if you go to to Eastern Europe, if you're in Chile, right. there's a hunger. There's a large slice of the population who don't have too much. So this is a life or death. Mm. And right. someone says to them, mm. "I can give you fifty thousand euros, and you know that you can live on that for a couple of years. You you work." Mm. You're going to make it work. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this is great. Whereas here, there's so many distractions. And, you know, and everyone wants to go surfing in the morning and go and <laughs> the sun comes up know. and it's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And don't knock it. I love living here. But. So we need to be grey and drab and terrible weather. <laughs> no. That's what we need. <laughs> you know, we need I a need bit of pain. Hungry. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, I, I do I do believe that, you know, you, we, we talk at Frio Founders of, mm. you know, who's got the latest idea. And, and the conclusion we come to is that actually we're not we're not coming up with world-changing ideas. We're coming up with the next email client. I mean, that's what it was when you know, right. always had. There was another email client. There was another WhatsApp or whatever. Yep. They're not real-world problems. You know, real-world problems is you know how, how do you how do you solve how do you cure cancer? So in that respect, I I like Grow Impact because we mm. we're on the side of helping real-world impacts. Mm. Right. You know, whereas um, the startup scene, it's, it's, we're just too affluent. Yeah, really. All of us. Mm. <laughs> you know, in five years' time. Where would you like OPACs slash Grow Impact to be? I'd like both of them to have to be sustainable businesses that um, that, are, that are used by you know a, a large slice of, of their addressable markets yeah. and and a valuable you know 
a valuable source of either information or support or whatever it is they do um, so that um, I can look back and say, I have made a difference. Mm. I, I said my my best achievement is is my business in Bulgaria because I made a difference mm. to a lot of people. People. And they're still working and I'm still paying them. Right. And, and that, you're not and disappearing off to Antarctica tomorrow or anything like that. No. You're, you're going to stay around. Nick, no. <laughs> for the time being. Uh, Oh, <laughs> never. I, I probably never say never. No, exactly. I think we're adventurous. And, right. Um, to be honest, if if someone and I keep joking with with Tobias uh, about this and saying, well, look, if someone threw a million euros at us from Bulgaria, would we take it? Mm -hmm. And he can't. He's got kids. And I said, I would. Right. And I would shift the business there, and we'd still work out of Australia. But you know, if if mm. it meant going to Bulgaria for a couple of years for a million euros. Mm. So watch this space. Exactly. It's not that much. Okay, look, it's been great talking to you. That, that 30 minutes has flown by. It so has. we're going to wrap it all up with a quick fire round, if that's okay. Sure. And you can just do one word answers or quick phrases. Now, some of these we've already covered, so you can be pretty quick. But you want to start off, kick off? off? So how would you describe the local startup scene in WA? Uh, difficult. <laughs> <laughs> if you were to wave your magic wand over the local startup scene, what would you wish into being or maybe wish away? Um, I think I would. The one thing I think is, is we need some honesty, uh, and we need uh, we need some some people to say I'm going to fund or I'm not going to fund, and 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 it's too much. You know, there's too much hope with no real. And, yeah, mm. I, I think it, I think what you need is someone to say, look, I'm I, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. not going to fund. So don't pitch, don't don't don't. Right. I won't waste your time because I don't have any money or I don't, I'm not interested, and, yes. and that's what you need. It's, yes. You know, you get that in in other countries. Um, what's the next big thing you're going to do with OPAX and then Grow Impact? Well, with OPAX, we're going to turn it into a self-sufficient, fully um, fully self-funding business mm -hmm. um, and hopefully take some dividends out of it. Uh, and, and with Grow Impact, we're going to conquer Australia and then we're going to conquer the world and we're going to make a difference for researchers. Who do you most admire in the local scene, either a company or a person? In the local scene? Um, I think the people that do different things and make and, and change their life in a in a radical way. So um, someone like Patrick Green, who I know a bit of his background, mm -hmm. I'm amazed at what he's done and what he and he's just inquisitive and he does mm -hmm. it because he's just inquisitive. So I admire what he does, um, and I have to say that because I work with tech on so. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. <laughs> no, no, seriously. He, I think people, you know, I'm, I was thinking about that. Who, 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 who do I admire most? People who make a difference. People who who make mm -hmm. a decision and. And drag themselves up, maybe, or or have the courage to to really quit and do you know yeah. give everything away, oh, really give everything away. Yeah, I've known Patrick yeah. about 12, 13 years. I must disclose, he is the the founder of Startup News, which is, which produces this podcast. So we should we should definitely disclose Patrick. that. And last question: How can anyone anyone listening help you? Um, I think you know, given both my businesses are, are slightly you know niche, I think you know just support, spread the word. Anyone, if you're looking for mining company information, we definitely have it. And so, mm. and if you've got a few dollars to spare and you want to know, you know, who is making a, a gold or a copper discovery, then use OPAX to get a flavour, and, mm. and then and then go and spend your money with you know with one of the, the, the investing platforms. But so do that, and and um, for growing packs, spread the word. I mean, you know, and if anyone's got half a million dollars in their back pocket and fancies being a bit philanthropic with it, then um, give me a call. Come and talk to Grand Pack. And, and the website is growingpact.com.au. Uh, right. And OPAX is opax.com. Beautiful. Well, thanks, Nick. Uh, we want to wish you OPAX, Grow Impact, 
all the best for the future and wherever you end up, whatever you do next, we're going to be watching. Thank you very much. And thank you to our sponsors. The Startup West podcast is produced by Startup News and is made possible by the support from Space Cubed, Coworking Spaces, the New Industries Fund, Curtin University, the City of Perth, RSM and Dinner Twist. Yeah, wonderful sponsors. And we recorded this podcast down at the Riff Podcast Studios in beautiful downtown Perth, WA, perhaps too beautiful, Nick. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to Startup West on your favourite podcast platform so our latest episodes wing their way into your feed. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks, Nick, for today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm in, when I'm in Sophie, it must have been about 2013, at August time, grand final time. And someone calls me and says, um, you're Australian? Yeah. Um, what do you know about AFL? We, we, we're doing a, a show about the, the game and apparently there's lots of fans in Bulgaria. I'm like, really? So I go along to this tiny little studio and we have a conversation in a mix of Bulgarian and English <laughs> about two teams of which I didn't know very much at all, but who was going to win about tactics, about the, you know, the possession game. And I'm thinking, oh my God, what am I going to do? So a mate of mine, a former Eagles player, I rang him the day before and said, Shane, you got to help. Tell me. Give me some background here. Talk me through it. <laughs> Talk me through it. I'm a soccer man, right? But it was fun. I have to say it was, it, was, it was really good fun putting this show together and then listening back to it in this mix of Bulgarian and English just before the, the grand final. Love and, it. The uh, Dennis Cometti of Bulgaria. It was very funny. You're was, commenting live through no, the whole game. No, you no, just no, do a no, pre-show. No, it, was, it was a pre-show. A pre-show. It was a pre-show. Uh, so. And Shane was in Australia yeah. and you rang him the day before. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're a soccer guy, right? Exactly. You're a Tottenham supporter. Yeah, yes, I am. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. The things exactly. that happen to you. Yeah, there you go.